Kiora everyone, it's Katie here and welcome back to Wellington Access Radio. I am joined today by Gail from Community Comms Collective and we'll have uh, Sue jumping in um, with us shortly. So very excited to have two guests to chat to today. Um, but Gail, thanks very much um, for coming along. Super pumped to have you with us and for making the time. Really pleased to have you here. Um, so Community Comms Collective, uh, it's an organisation in Wellington providing free comms expertise and support to community organisations. And it does that through matchmaking, which we'll talk a little bit about later, um, website usability services, running workshops and providing useful resources. Really cool thing. It's completely supported by volunteers. And we had a little chat before and there's over 500 volunteers, which is pretty incredible. And you guys have been up and running for more than eight years now. So um, that's a huge achievement. So, yeah, really stoked to have you guys on board today. Um, you've got a huge range of uh, volunteers. You've got comms directors, recent graduates, and all sort of experts in different things, writing, editing, social media, um, strategy, media, much, much more. Um, so really thrilled. Um, yeah, I work in comms in my nine to five, so it was really, really cool to hear and, yeah, to talk to you guys about why this is so important and how we're helping um, businesses and charities and organisations in Wellington just really share their voice and get their message out there. So uh, Gail, your title is Matchmaker in Chief, which is very cool. Can you just explain a little bit how that that title has come about? Well, it's funny because I actually effectively go by Matchmaker in Chief, uh, co-founder and trustee. So we're Quite a few names there, yeah. And the Matchmaker in Chief one's quite a fun one because you know, at the heart of what we're doing is the matchmaking. It's matching communications professionals with, with volunteers with community groups. Um, so all the people that kind of do that for us are matchmakers, and we, we um, over time, over time, and initially it was Sue and I were doing all, everything. So we, when we got going, it was we were doing all the matchmaking and the volunteer signups and, and running the workshops. But as we've got bigger, we've brought more people on board, so we've got a nice team now of matchmakers. So Sue and I, I have elevated ourselves to the lofty title of matchmakers in chief. That's um, pretty fantastic nice thing to be lucked in editorial <laughs> industry as well. So it's ah oh, very good. That's super cool. Um, and can you just tell us a little bit about you and where you're from in New Zealand and a little bit about your background sort of prior to Comms Collective? Yeah, yeah so I've, um, I'd say, kind of Wellington born and bred, except I wasn't born here. I was born in Scotland. Came over here with my family when I was a young toddler, apparently for a couple of years, but we're still here. Yeah, so same really boat. <laughs> feel like a Wellingtonian. Um, and apart from a couple of trips overseas and instance in Scotland as well, um, have been here my whole time, studied here and uh, have worked here and I think since, gosh time is flying, since I had my first um, child 14, 15 years ago, I've worked for myself, so previous, previous to that I was working in corporate and, and government communications, then um, stepped back and, and started freelancing. Um, and have worked across not-for-profit, public and private sectors uh, since then. And that freelancing has just really enabled me to have the space to, to, to do the comms collective stuff. So I really see it as part of my day job as well, just the unpaid part. <laughs> um, but it really kind of makes up the whole of, of, my, of my work life. That's very, very cool. And, and what is it about comms that appeals to you I know for me I started off in a charity background and I just found it so powerful that sort of the effectiveness of what I said and what I wrote could actually change lives and it was such a buzz um 
yeah, and now working at the bank, it's just all about making things accessible and understandable for people, um, which I think makes a huge difference. What was it for you that really sort of drew you into comms? Yeah, I, I think I kind of fell into comms really. Like it, it, when I was um, got my first role in comms, it wasn't really an obvious career path. It wasn't something I studied particularly or, or knew that happened, and I, I fell into it um, more because, you know, there was such variety of, of what we were doing every day in terms of the writing, the editing. I always like taking a red pen to something. Um, and the connection, you know, connecting with people. So quite a range of things took me into it. And I've kind of, I just sort of found my feet in some ways. And it's interesting what you say about the, the um, working for a charity and really feeling you can make a difference because I think that has been really huge for me. I, I, when I thought about when we got the comms collective underway, I was really at a bit of a point in my career that I was thinking, you know, what is meaningful about what I'm doing in my day job? I'm not, you know, a brain surgeon. I'm not a policeman on the front line. I'm, I, I, I just really didn't know what it was that I, the difference I was making. And the minute you start working for communi- sort of organisations that are values are, that your values align with, that's when it really makes all the difference because you're actually amplifying their voice and what they're doing and making that difference for them. Um, and I think a lot of our volunteers find that going in and helping a charity, um, you know, be really clear about its messages and what it's trying to achieve and reach the audience it needs to reach, um, they realise quite quickly that they do have expertise that is unique and really valuable, um, which they don't necessarily get in big corporates or in government departments when they're just part of a they feel bit, bit like a cog in a big machine. Absolutely. I think being that, that sort of passion and, and drive and, and just giving sense that people can really bring makes such a difference, I think. And yeah. yeah, it must be amazing for your volunteers actually, yeah, going in and having that face-to-face contact and actually seeing what a difference it's making um, right in front of their eyes. That's, yeah. yeah, that's pretty incredible. Um, so can you talk just a little bit about the idea? Obviously, it's, you know, it's been going for over eight years, as we said, so it's had huge success. You've got so many volunteers. Um, but how did you, and Sue and she can touch on this a little bit as well, how did you meet and come together and think we should do this? What was the need in Wellington? Yeah, so, well, I mean, Sue and I um, are neighbours, actually. Oh, cool. So that's how we know each other. And have um, she actually used to uh, be my husband's boss as well. So right. we've got connections in all sorts of ways. And we have kids um, similar age, go to the same school and things. So we connect on all sorts of levels. But the whole kind of um, genesis of the Community Comms Collective was actually at a point of time when I was um, my youngest was just about to start school and I was painting outside obviously in my thoughts uh, thinking about life and everything and realised that it was sort of at that time that I had a bit more time to think about what I wanted to do for myself and um, was thinking about wanting to volunteer I knew Sue who was you know has always volunteered and um, talking to her about what she'd been doing, I was kind of thinking, well, you know, what could I do? Who would I volunteer my time to? Um, but I don't have very much time. How would I do that effectively? And that, along with thinking about um, a recent piece of work I'd done, where I was um, where I was involved in a kind of brainstorm with a group of comms people helping an organisation with its comms and I realised how effective it could be even if I didn't know an organisation I could go in and provide my expertise and the difference that could make and so all these thoughts were bombarding me and I kind of just came together with this idea that um, that there must be other people in the same boat as me in comms, Wellington is full of really connected comms people 
Um, and so I came up with this sort of idea of this collective in my head. Um, and by the time I'd finished painting, I even had the name made up, and I knew that the next step to make it happen was to talk to Sue about it, because I knew if I spoke to Sue about it, it would actually happen. So, welcome Sue. Welcome Sue. Sue's just joined <laughs> us in the studio. We had some dramas with her Uber, which is just the story of Wellington. But um, <laughs> welcome Sue. Thanks for thanks for making time and coming on in. Um, yeah, really stoked to have you here. We've just been chatting a little bit about um, Gail's background and her passion for comms and sort of just touching on how comms collective has started. But it sounds like you guys have got a, a big history going back together and a real a real dream dream team. Um, but yeah, Sue, do you want to just uh, chat a little bit about who you are and, and where you're from in New Zealand and your sort of background pre-comms collective? Oh yeah, great. Um, kia ora. Um, so my name yeah, is Sue McCabe and um, I grew up in Oamaru um, and now live in Wellington and I started my career in journalism and then I moved into communications and then I just became more and more attracted to the community and voluntary sector. Um, it just does you know, such essential work for Aotearoa and for communities and is so challenged and so beautiful and so messy and all sorts of things and so diverse. Um, so I kind of slipped from government comms into um, working for the community sector. And yeah, I'd, I'd done a lot of volunteering, um, quite diverse roles. Like I was a super gran in my 30s when I was pregnant. <laughs> there was nothing granny about me, but a very cool organisation and also a lifeline counsellor. Um, uh, but then I've, since then I've, um, started actually working in it as my day job. So my current day job is with Philanthropy New Zealand. So its role is, it's a peak body for the funding sector and its role is to grow great giving in Aotearoa. So that's a really, uh, philanthropy is a really important enabler of good stuff in the community. And I also run another um, social enterprise called The Good Registry. Um, and that's all about replacing unwanted gift giving, the really habitual stuff we do and instead providing people uh, with a way to um, replace those unwanted gifts with paying forward uh, money to charities where that is really needed. And um, uh, that's been going about three years and it's raised, I think it's getting close to about 600k for charities and it's saved a lot of carbon in terms of reducing the kind of environmental footprint that unwanted gift giving has. So yeah, so that's, that's the other stuff um, around the Community Comms Collective. That's amazing that you guys are a bit of a, a power couple. It's very cool to meet you and just so inspiring that you're that you're here and this is this is your mahi and how you're supporting and giving back. Um, Gail was just talking that you've got over 500 volunteers. So eight years ago, how did you go from zero volunteers to over 500 now? How did that sort of develop and grow and how did, yeah, how did you, yeah, can you talk a little bit about that match mo matchmaking title as well? Yeah, so it's a very cool title to be a matchmaker. Um, uh, so I think we started off just sending an email out to all our communications contacts to say, hey, we're going to set up this service to help connect comms people who want to give back with community groups who want help. And I'm sure it was within a week or two weeks, we had about 60 comms professionals come back and say, great idea, we want to help. Mm. So it was, that's an overwhelming response initially. And... Um, we started in Wellington as our stronghold, and Wellington is just such a beautiful, connected place. I think we've got that public service ethos 
So a lot of people really care about their communities. They know about, you know, community groups and the amazing work they do and how critical they are. So, yeah, so it started off really, really strongly immediately. We couldn't have wished for a better response. Um, and a lot of those volunteers were new, you know. So initi- initially it was um, very much, oh, we, we know everybody, but now it's got to a size that we don't know a lot of our volunteers that's yes, amazing yeah. seeing all your all your profiles on your on your website as well. It's just such a wealth of experience there, and and you've got sort of young and old and, and people working part time and, and full time. How does that work in terms of their their giving and their time commitment? Do they sort of just when once they get matched, do they sort of say how much time they can give? Uh, yes, so we get people to give us an idea of what type of volunteering they want to do, when they can do it, and how much time when they sign up. Um, so that really helps us because we do quite personalised matching. Um, so that really helps us to do that um, matching when a community group comes in. And we talk about um, giving a boost. Um, so our volunteering stints are often quite light on time. So it might be um, that, you know, it's, I don't know, 10 hours, 12 hours, 20 hours to help with a, you know, a campaign or a, a communications plan or an approach or some media training um, is is pretty much would be pretty typical, I think, yeah, for definitely. a for an assignment. Or we also um, offer mentoring, so that is like you know one hour a month for, you know, for help. So it's it's quite light in terms of the time commitment, and I think that that's um, what really helps success when you've got busy professionals. We're also really clear with our volunteers that they can say no, so we don't want people to not sign up and be part of it because they feel they might not be able to do something. Whenever we go to them, we make it clear that. It's up to them if it's not right or if it's not the right organisation, if it's not, not the right fit, that they can say no and there's no issue with that. Um, and, and that's really important because people's lives change and things go on. And, and likewise, if they're in the middle of a match and something comes up, we've got their back. It's really important that we you know, use our volunteer force to, to be able to make sure that everyone can step up when they're able to but can step back down when they can't. That's very cool. It sounds. I think that's so right. People are so wanting to give and be a part of things, but it's just, oh, you know, I might not be be able to make that, or, or something's coming up, and life life happens. Um, and that's how Sue and I yeah. work as well. I mean, right from the start, it's worked because we've got each other's backs, and so there'll be times that we've got other stuff going on, and each of us will sort of step in, and, and as the, the collective has grown, and the and the the group that run the collective has grown, that's sort of how we work too. It's just you know making sure that we really clear with each other when we can step up and when when we're not able to and and, um, supporting each other with that. That's very cool. You've got a very, that's lovely that you're just sort of sort of sending out those really positive vibes about just really creating positive spaces in Wellington. That's that's awesome. And what about the the groups that you support? How do they come to you and and get in contact? Is there through your website? um, And in the early days, did you approach some? Yeah, how did that come about? So we um, partnered immediately with Volunteer Wellington, who were so supportive and enabling from the get-go. So they advertised us to their members. So they've got a huge database of community organisations that are members. And we've never done any active marketing, really. It's mostly been word of mouth um, and also social media, which um, Gail has really you know, driven and done incredibly successfully. So th- those are the main areas. And through our workshops, we get interest and that's kind of the word of mouth spreading um, that's really cool yeah on your workshops you sort of talk about um, 
workshops on accessibility, comm strategy, reputation, media relations, branding. So with those workshops, um, are those ones that people come along to in person or they're also like online? Um, you've got expertise that run them, obviously. Mm, absolutely. So um, they are face-to-face um, in this increasingly online world. Um, we do record a lot of them and put them onto the website. So they are, you know, they're all about kind of you know, accessibility, et cetera. Um, but yeah, no, they're face-to-face. There's about 70 um, people at them. I calculated, Gail um, tallied up, we've done 39 workshops and there's been at least 70 people, I'd say on average, attend them. These are free workshops. So that's about 2,730 people that have that's um, incredible. had access to those workshops. Yeah. Wow. That's and that, that um, interesting, the face-to-face thing, because obviously last year with COVID, there was sort of all this discussion yeah. of whether we take stuff online and there was so much happening online. But for us, particularly because... Um, for us as matchmakers, a lot of what we're doing is, is virtual. We, we're matching people online and they end up meeting our volunteers in person. But for us, it's the one time that we get that community connection and we wouldn't give that up for the world, to be honest. No, <laughs> you can't You can't put a you can't put a price on just seeing and, and being able to see those people that you're helping and obviously their gratitude and, and um, connecting with them. That'd be super special. Um, maybe just for each of you, can you talk through, you've helped like such a wide range of organisations and I looked through a few on your website. You've got... Um, community foundations, Parkinson's, New Zealand Samaritans, maybe for each of you, it's probably a really hard question, but do you have one that's really resonated with you that you've supported um, and why that is? Which, yeah, maybe Gail? Yeah, well, I I mean, it's interesting because we we don't end up doing the the work. We end up, I mean, we have, I think, probably done the odd thing ourselves. But um, for me, actually, it's not necessarily an organisation that I've matched, but it's actually, there have been a few. It's when you get that what I say is the perfect match, when you find a volunteer that has their interests are completely aligned with the organisation and their skills are just what the organisation needs. So even just recently um, matched um, a couple of volunteers actually for the Living Up Streets Aotearoa and their walking summit, and one of them was we actually matched a, a recent communications graduate who's actually studying for her Master's in, in Environment and Sustainability, and so she was actually being mentored by one of our more experienced volunteers so there was this beautiful mix of you know interests and skills um to do that um and the other one that um is also really important is those matches we make when um it really allows volunteers who have been maybe out of the workforce for a bit to get some experience and really boost um their confidence again because it's amazing you know people who maybe had some time off for kids or other reasons um getting back into volunteering and and you know they they're so um, regularly thanked when they go and do that that it's just um, really we've had some really nice feedback from volunteers about the difference that it's made for them that's very very cool that's such yeah it's yeah, obviously they're giving so much but the, the fact that they're getting this back too um, that's pretty special um, what about you Sue have you got a favourite um, oh there's so many favourites and it is so tempting sometimes to look at um, a volunteering assignment and want to do it yourself <laughs> but we really try not to do that and that would go badly with me because of you know there's, I've, my time's com- committed elsewhere, but it's so tempting because there's so many amazing community groups and the work is so interesting that they come and ask us for. I think a couple of favourites for me, one was an organisation that said it had run its most successful fundraising campaign ever because of the support from um, a communications volunteer and just in terms of the extra ideas and getting the key messages really, you know, firmed up. So that was a really tangible outcome that they directly attributed to um, a very small time commitment from someone who just had some different skills in their small organisation. 
Um, and then I think the other time, you know, that it's really beautiful, and as Gail said, is when there's just a real magic match, and you never know when it's going to happen. So one that comes to mind is an incredibly senior, amazing communications professional who's had top management jobs, um, and we matched her with a community organisation, and they went on to have a relationship over, I think, probably two, three years. So the value that that not-for-profit got from this highly skilled and very lovely person was incredible. And at times, um, we pulled in a junior comms person to do some doing who got this beautiful mentoring, and the community organisation also got not just the advice, but someone to do the work. Yeah, so those are a couple of examples. Gee, that's that's very cool. And I, I love that, that you've, when you've been talking, it's really been like a teaching and mentoring programme for your volunteers, which is very... Yeah, it's such a holistic thing, which is very, very cool. Um, obviously, huge success in Wellington. Is it you've got so many volunteers and I think Gail's because we've got a, a wait list of people wanting to, wanting to help out. Are you looking to expand in New Zealand at all? I mean, in, yeah, in Wellington and further afield? So we do we do currently offer our services um, around New Zealand. Oh, that's, perfect, that's yeah. a recent thing in, in yeah. some ways. We have been operating in Auckland as well as Wellington for a while. Um, and we did initially look at kind of running it from Auckland, but actually more recently have realised that actually we've got a real strong team in Wellington, and so we've now boosted that team even even um, stronger than before and now basically manage all requests for help through our team in Wellington, and so we're now offering services across New Zealand. So we are looking for volunteers across New Zealand and we're um, offering services across New Zealand, but we just haven't said it that loudly yet because mm. um, we're just wanting to make sure we've got yeah. en enough volunteers. So, that, so our, our whole philosophy is still trying to get that kind of local first approach. So if we've got a local volunteer that can help, then that's what we'd prefer to do. But um, yeah, COVID has kind of shown that virtual is possible and acceptable yeah. and actually a lot of people kind of find it easier some, in some ways. Um, and so, you know, we just will try that mix and see how we go. Very cool. Oh, that's super exciting. It's just such a success and you must just go home every night and be just like, wow, it's just, just making a real real positive difference. Um, so obviously you've got a volunteer base of, of comms experts. Do you have other volunteers who are not comms experts who maybe help in the management of things or have got other skills that maybe they want to contribute? Um, yeah, how do you sort of, yeah, can you talk a little bit to that and how other people can get involved? Yeah, so I guess, you know, we have two corporate sponsors, Jackson Stone and KVIX Communication, and so, you know, that's a way that we get help. Our sponsors are, are just amazingly supportive organisations. Um, and we have one person in our management team, um, a volunteer, Carolyn, um, who is our, we call her our operations musterer, and she um, organises our meetings and um, does our annual return and stuff, and that's great. Um, we we really support other volunteering organisations. So if people want to volunteer and they've got you know other other skills other than communications, you know we we encourage them to go to organisations like Collaborate and Help Tank and their local volunteering centre and just get amongst it. Yeah, that's very very cool. Um, what would you say? We're sort of almost out of time, but there's so much more to talk about. But how how would you say um, you kind of you see Comms Collective maybe growing over over the next, have you got sort of a, a five, ten year vision? What are your hopes and dreams for for Comms Collective as an organisation? Um, yeah, do you have any thoughts on that? I think I think it is that getting across New Zealand and yeah. maybe helping out across the country. Um, I've, that's always been my vision is to have it across New Zealand and I think um, for a while there I was thinking it was just going to be Wellington because we were struggling to kind of get the momentum going in Auckland and things. And now that we've got this kind of model that works from a central hub, 
I kind of see New Zealand as our oyster in that respect. And so I think uh, getting the word out a bit more around um, the country in terms of getting local volunteers and letting community groups know that we're available. Um, and then ideally as well, being able to offer a few more workshops around different centres. So not just, do, we do Wellington regularly, we've done the odd one in Auckland. It would be nice to kind of see if we can make it happen in other parts of the country and, and enlist some local communications people there to help us with that. Very cool. Thank you. Um, and last sort of question for you both. What would you say, I think this is, I always like asking this question, what would you say that you enjoy the most about this role, like this, what you're giving back? Um, it's such, obviously been such a journey and such a, a legacy for both of you. But um, yeah, what sort of gets you up in, in the morning and you keep going, keep going, this is really worthwhile. Yeah, what have you enjoyed the most about it? Maybe Sue, yeah. I love hearing about the community groups. Um, initially when we started, I thought, oh, no, most of the community groups that come in, I don't know why, when there's about 100,000 of them in, in our country. So it is amazing hearing about all this cool, often really grassroots, because it's, it's often the smaller charities that come to us and, and seek assistance. So all the time, it's just so positive hearing these great stories. Um, so that is amazing. And also, you know, when volunteers... Um, report back that it's kind of, you know, made a difference to them personally. Their volunteering experience has brought them joy. Those would be the two things. That's very cool. Yeah. What about you, Gail? Yeah, I mean, what Sue's saying there, I think we talk about it as the comms collective buzz, and it really is this kind of um, joy that you get from hearing from volunteers or community groups. And to me, what I really love, I think I said before that, um, that freelancing has allowed me to sort of build this into what I see as my work life and just the unpaid part but to me that's it's also given real meaning to my work and it's it's almost led me to um to the work I'm really focused on doing today is, is seeing what you know where what works for me and where my values are and and um it's just so meaningful and so that's been cool it's made me realize that actually being a comms person is quite a cool thing to be <laughs> Very, very cool thing. I can totally agree with that. Um, uh, Gail and Sue, thank you so much for your time, for coming in. It's just been awesome to chat to you guys and just mind-blowing as always to hear about your work and how you're just making Wellington a better place. So obviously for our listeners, um, do visit their website, um, Comms Collective, and just check out how you can get involved and give your time and, and support and share the word about their, their mahi. But um, thank you very much, guys. I um, really appreciate it. And um, yeah, I'd love to chat to you guys again soon. But now we're going to uh, play some more music. And thanks for joining us. And we'll see you all again next week on Wellington Access Radio. Catch you then.